Welcome back to another episode of Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. Coming at you, the Double Bs, Bo and Brant. Um, let's just jump right into some big time performers from Week 16. I know we had some big ones, Massive. leading people to some championships. Some of you guys still out there have to play Week 17. Today we're going to break down big time performance that helps you either A, win a championship, B, maybe get a good lead if you play the Week 17 games. We're going to break down the Week 17 games. Then we're going to get into something a little special on this episode, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, first and foremost, congratulations to everybody who did place in the top three, uh, whether you got first, second, third. Uh, congratulations if you're hoisting that trophy, and uh, congratulations if you just happen to win some money either way. Uh, massive games this week, um, from really from all three positions. Um, without further ado, let's just get right into it. The quarterback position, uh, your top three, number three, Andy Dalton. 377 yards passing, three touchdowns. Uh, number two, Tom Brady. wonder how many Brady. people started Dalton. I would imagine the number of people that started Dalton are very minimal. Uh, number two, Tom Brady, 348 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, I believe most of those were first-half touchdowns. Yes. I could be mistaken. Yes, I believe he actually got benched in the third. Yeah. Um, uh, so did Cam Newton in New England, but uh, for different reasons. Um, number one, Josh Allen, 320 yards passing, four touchdowns. Um, your your running back, uh, your top three, uh, number three, Samaje P. Ryan had 95 yards rushing, two touchdowns, four receptions for 41 yards there in Cincinnati. Number two, Miles Gaskin. Uh, most people didn't expect him to have a huge role, uh, at least not this big of a role uh, coming back. 87 yards on the ground, five receptions, 82 yards receiving, and two touchdowns through the air. And the number one running back game of the week, the number one running back game of all time in fantasy, Alvin Kamara, 155 yards rushing, six touchdowns. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six touchdowns. Uh, three, three receptions for 17 yards. Um, anybody who watched that game on Friday on Christmas um, know that Kamara easily could have had seven had Sean Payton let him come in for that one on the one-yard line where Taysom Hill snuck it in instead of keeping him on the bench. Uh, amazing game for Alvin Kamara, and congratulations to him. Uh, top three wide receivers, number three, Mike Evans, 10 receptions, 181 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, number two, Stephon Diggs, nine receptions, 145 yards, three touchdowns. Number one, Devontae Adams, 11 receptions, Again. 142 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, your top three tight ends, Number three, Irv Smith Jr., six receptions, 53 yards, two touchdowns. Number two, Jimmy Graham, four receptions, 69 yards, two touchdowns. And number one, Travis Kelsey, seven receptions, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Travis Kelsey broke some records. Uh, he tied the record for most touchdown receptions by a tight end in a season, and uh, he broke the most uh, reception yards ever by a tight end. Uh, oh, George Kittles. Yeah, yeah. So, uh a lot of big games there. A lot of championship-winning scores uh, put up this week by by a lot of these guys. Uh, definitely a fun week um, to to be a part of fantasy. Uh, fun week to be in the championship. It was a nail biter throughout the end. Unless you happen to be somebody who had Alvin Kamara or playing against somebody who had Alvin Kamara, uh, Devontae Adams, and Stephon Diggs, you had a had a nightmare of a week if that was the case. And I'm sure it happened out there someplace. Oh, yeah. Uh, funny story, Kamara won Breeze's son a championship in their fantasy league. I was reading that earlier. Yes, yes, I, I did see that. It's also a funny story you bring up Drew Breeze. Uh, Drew Breeze's son's three favorite players 
are all Kansas City Chiefs. One likes Tyreek Hill, one likes Travis Kelsey, and one likes Patrick Mahomes. So that's interesting. Smart kids. Smart kids. <laughs> my, my kids will also grow up to hate the Saints. Um, but I digress. That's a different story, though. <laughs> Real quick, before we break up, break down these games for people that have possible um, Week 17 uh, fantasy championships, which if you do have a Week 17 fantasy championship, you need to talk to your commissioners and get that changed. Um, and, I, and we're getting ready to get into the reasons why. Um, before we do that, though, there's a couple key injuries to keep your eye on. Um, Jared Goff uh, broke his thumb. It uh, looked nasty as all get out. Had surgery uh, had already. Had surgery already. They expect him back for playoffs, but he will be out this week. Um, same same game, other side of, other side of the ball. Um, Kyler Murray's questionable um, and, and not a, a guarantee, though. Although the Arizona wins, they're in. Um, so there is a little added incentive for – for Kyler Murray to play, um, just some just some things to keep your eye on. Uh, Cooper Cup went to the COVID reserve today, um, so that's another thing to keep your eye on if if you are playing in Week 17. Um, but but the real reason to not play fantasy in Week 17 is Patrick Mahomes being rested in favor of Chad Henney on Sunday. Ben Roethlisberger also Ben Roethlisberger uh, being sat in favor of Mason Rudolph. Uh, Mason Rudolph versus Miles Garrett 2.0 about to take place. Hopefully uh, everybody keeps their helmet on their head the proper way this <laughs> go around. Um, but but nonetheless, Week 17 fantasy championships are I, – I won't say they're ignorant. Um, they, just, they, they take a lot of fun because your entire team could be wested. Like they, uh, Andy Reid came out, what, Sunday night, Monday morning, said – most of his Chiefs players are going to be arrested. Well, think about it. You could have Mahomes, Tyreek, Travis Kelsey. You could be sitting with two of the three or three of the three on your team, and half your team's gone. Yeah. Um, uh, once again, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, I think it's a bigger boost for James Conner, but it's a, it's a downgrade to all the receivers. We saw what happened last year. Um, so, I mean, week 17, you're going to see a lot of resting. Uh, Green Bay, if they get a big enough lead, they're going to start, I believe, would probably start pulling some players – yeah, uh, I I don't know. Green Bay to me, I think Green Bay is going to want to keep Chicago out of the playoffs. And if Green Bay beats Chicago, they keep Chicago at home and don't let a division rival uh, in the playoffs. So there'll be a little incentive for Green Bay, I think. But nonetheless, uh, it is something to keep your eye on. Um, if you're in Week 17, good luck to you. Hopefully, uh, only people in the playoffs are making waiver claims. Uh, because if you had Patrick Mahomes and uh, you need a backup and the only thing that's there is Chad Henney, it'd be terrible for some guy that, that finished 10th overall to go snake him just so you had to lose. Right, and I mean, Chad Henney held his own those couple weeks that uh, Patrick Mahomes did miss last year. So <laughs> Either way, definitely something to keep your eye on. Um, let's go ahead and get right into these, these, these Week 17 matchups. Um, we won't spend a ton of time on them um, because I want to get to the uh, little fun activity we have towards the end of the segment here. Don't so, mind any arguing and screaming that might be it, taking it place. Should be, it should be an entertaining uh, episode for the fans here. Um, first game I've got is the Minnesota Vikings uh, at Detroit Lions. Um, no playoff implications on the line for either team. Um I think is Minnesota been mathematically. I believe they have. Yeah, I believe they. I believe they're completely out of it. Um, But you do still have your studs. You got your Dalvin Cooks. You got your, you know, your Justin Jefferson, your Thielen, uh, your DeAndre Swift, your T.J. Hawkinson, your Marvin Jones Jr. Hell, maybe we'll see uh, Kenny Galladay get out there for Week (laughs) Seventeen. You're funny. You're funny. I I doubt it very seriously, but maybe. Uh, I 
nope, not beating around the bush. Uh, Minnesota wins this game. Uh, I think I think Adam Thielen's going to be the guy. Now, with this game here, I could see a lot of players getting rotated in and out with neither one having playoff implications. You could see a lot of other guys coming in and out of that game, see what the team has. Macy Madison takes some snaps away from Cook. Um, I think Minnesota wins this game pretty easily. Um, I think it is going to be a high-scoring game. Neither one has a really great defense. So I think it would be a fun game to watch, uh, maybe get out there and see some new players. Speaking of a game that's fun to watch, this one is not going to be one of them, the New York Jets versus the New England Patriots. It's going to be phenomenal um, to watch. I, I apologize for uh, for what I'm about to say, but uh, if I was a New York Jets fan, I would be crying in, in tears of sorrow, salty, salty tears of sorrow, knowing that uh, all year I've been wanting my team to win, except for when they did. Um, Trevor Lawrence was saved by the fantasy football gods and will, will don a Jacksonville Jaguar helmet. Um, barring something crazy. If he declares for the draft, he technically has not declared. I I would imagine if I'm Trevor, I'm a little bit more enticed to play in the sunny state of Florida than I am in the cold. Bringing those beautiful golden locks down to Florida, absolutely. absolutely. Um, Nonetheless, the Jets have been playing some amazing football on both sides of the ball, really. Defense is getting some takeaways. Uh, Offense is finding a way to get in the end zone. Uh, Jamison Crowder looks like an absolute stud. versus the New England side that's not looked good. Stephon Gilmore lists on the defense. And really the only bright spot I would say has been Sony Michelle. Yeah. Sony Michelle looked good on Monday night against Buffalo. It was really the only thing that did look good. Sony has been doing that without um, Harris being active. True. He was inactive both those games. Um, I think the Jets win their third in a row. They might as well at this point. They've already cost themselves Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Another win here doesn't move them any further back in the draft. They still should be at the number two spot. Um, uh, I think I think New England wins the game. I think New England wins the game, and Bill Belichick's the MVP. He's going to suit up at quarterback and uh, get it done. No, I, I I do. I think I think New England's going to come out. Their season's over with. You know, obviously all those playoff uh, streaks, winning season streaks, have all been snapped. Uh, but Cam Newton, let's not forget, he is on a contract year. He does have something to prove by coming out and having a good game week 17. Um, and and New England definitely does as well. So I think New England wins. With that game there, I'd take a little peek to see if New England could possibly move uh, up in the draft with a loss. So if that's the case, you may see Bill Belichick doing the belichick things and putting other players in to yeah. make sure that he does get a I mean, I'm player. sure Belichick will do that regardless. Uh, move some things around just to see what he's got for the future because he's a smart guy like that. I, I think Crowder's the MVP, and like I said, I think the Jets take it. I think if New England wins, Cam has to be the MVP. Um, man, what a disgusting game either way. Um, let's go ahead and move right along. Pittsburgh versus Cleveland. We already talked about it. It's it's uh, Mason Rudolph under center for Pittsburgh uh, going against the Cleveland Browns. Um, last time Mason Rudolph was on the field against the Cleveland Browns, things got very, very ugly. Um, I don't expect to see anything crazy like that. Um, uh, Cleveland, if Cleveland wins, they clinch the playoffs. Uh, that city and state of Ohio definitely deserve to see their Browns make it, especially as well as the Browns have played this year. Uh, I think without Ben Roethlisberger in there, I think I give the nod to Cleveland. Uh, and I, I think uh, I think Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb will have a good game, but I, I think Austin Hooper is the MVP this week there. I'm giving the nod to Pittsburgh. I think their defense is going to be able to hold uh, Baker at bay, especially with how bad Baker's been playing lately. 
Um, not a whole lot to talk about. I do think Chubb has a decent game there. James uh, Conner, like you said, alluded to earlier with Mason Rudolph being under center, James Conner's value should increase. I think if you need a sneaky play at tight end, if you've been streaming or anything else, Vance McDonald may be a decent little play this week. With uh, Tight ends definitely should get more love. I still yeah. think Ebron gets the majority of it, but Ebron? McDonald could yeah. could uh, definitely benefit as well. Absolutely. Uh, next game, uh, another uh, similar situation for one team, Baltimore versus Cincinnati. Baltimore wins, they're in. Lamar Jackson has been playing amazing football um, pretty much ever since I was publicly on record saying how bad he was this year. Um, but he's, he's definitely making a fool out of me, making a fool out of a lot of people. He's really embracing the underdog role, and he, he's really playing some really great football, similar to how he played last year. He just needed the extra bye week. That's all he needed. Yeah, he just needed the extra <laughs> bye week. But he, uh, not, nonetheless, I think, I think they're – Baltimore's playing really, really good football right now. Um, on the Cincinnati side, um, gross, I guess. Is the you don't even know term. what running back to play there anymore. Uh, definitely, because Geo had a decent game last week too. Yeah, he definitely did. But it definitely seems like it's a committee right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, T. Higgins, A.J. Green. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think Baltimore wins it pretty easily. Um, uh, or we'll we'll stick with the trend and say Mark Andrews is the is the MVP. Yeah, definitely. I think so too. I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. I I don't see a whole lot to discuss on that game. Start T Higgins. Yeah, that's yeah. about all I can say about Cincy. Next game is the Atlanta Falcons versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, neither team really has a whole lot to play for here, and the simple fact Tampa Bay's already clinched a wild card. They're not going to win the division. Um, Atlanta's. Terrible. Um, Atlanta has a lot to lose for. They don't have much to win for. Uh, if, Atlanta, if Atlanta loses and Houston wins, Atlanta would leapfrog into the third overall pick instead of the fourth. Um, but knowing Atlanta and how, they, how they've been in the past, uh, I could definitely see Atlanta coming out of the woodwork and pulling off a win and making themselves move back ten spots in the draft. Um, but I, I think Tampa wins the game. Um, I think it will be closer than it should be. I will. I will not go on record saying Atlanta will win this one. I think Tampa Bay wins it yeah. pretty easily. Yeah, I agree. So I, the next game is the uh, Miami Dolphins versus the Buffalo Bills. Um, huge playoff implications in this game. Miami has to win, and they're in. Buffalo has to win, um, or have Pittsburgh lose to secure the two seed. Um, now remember, it's not like years past. The two seed doesn't get a bye. But they do get to play the worst wild card team. Um, Miami is announced that they're starting Tua again, um, but they're not afraid to bring their relief pitcher, the closer, in and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, Buffalo's just been playing too good lately to pick against them, but I'm going to. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with with the, my guns here and say Miami makes the playoffs. Uh, Miami gets it done, and I think Miles Gaskins the MVP. Yeah, I'm going to go. I think Buffalo wins and keeps Miami out of the playoffs just because it is a divisional matchup. I think Gaskin does have a good game. Um, I think your Buffalo Bills have very good games. I just think Buffalo pulls that one out. Okay, fair enough. Moving along into the 3 o'clock stretch, uh, first game is the Jacksonville uh, Trevor Lawrence's versus the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Not a whole lot to talk about here. Jacksonville's definitely not going to win this game. Definitely don't want to win this game. Uh, Indy has to win it to keep their playoff hopes alive, and they have to have some help from some other teams. Um, but I, I think Indy wins. Obviously, there's a ton of fantasy relevancy on Indy's side of the ball. 
Um, you got your two running backs, your two-headed monster there in Taylor and Hines. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's been okay as of late. Um, I, I, yeah, I think Indy wins this game, and uh, Jonathan Taylor's the MVP. Yeah, I think Indy wins it pretty handily. Um, I like Zach Pascal in this game, though. Zach Pascal has been looking like the better pass catcher the last couple of weeks. That's fair. The next game, you got the Tennessee Titans versus the Houston Texans. Um, again, Tennessee, if Tennessee wins, they clinch the division. Instead of being a wild card team, they get to host a home game. Uh, Houston doesn't really have much to play for except for pride. Um, they don't as a, have a draft pick to play for. Well, as a Falcons fan, I need Houston to win because that bumps Miami's pick out of the number three pick to the number four. Uh, so I'm definitely pulling for Houston, which means that Houston's going to get demolished. Um, Derrick Henry had a thousand carries this week and barely broke a hundred yards. Um, supposed to have one of his, or should have had one of his better games of the season against that that weak Green Bay defense, uh, run defense, uh, but didn't. I think he takes it out on Houston this week, and uh, I, I think I think Derrick Henry, um, I think Derrick Henry ends up uh, the MVP. Absolutely, I definitely agree with uh, Derrick Henry being the MVP, and. Uh, and carrying that team into the playoffs. Just a note to put up, he put over 50 fantasy points up last time he played Houston. Yeah, definitely. Um, another game, um, moving along, another game that has a lot of fantasy, or, uh, playoff implications, the Arizona Cardinals versus the Los Angeles Rams. Again, it is worth noting that both quarterbacks on each side of the ball are banged up. Jared Goff's obviously already out, not going to be there. It's going to be the vanilla Vic, John Woodford, uh, played his college ball four-year starter at Wake Forest. Um, you know, um, has zero uh, – he, he got signed by the Jets, un, undrafted, uh, ended up there in Los Uh-oh, Angeles. Another Adam, another Adam Gay success yeah, story. <laughs> it could, very well could be. Um, but he's logged zero snaps in the NFL. Um, definitely going to see a lot of RPO, run-pass option, uh, a, lot of, a lot of design quarterback runs out of Los Angeles there. Um, both teams need to win here. Um, if Kyler Murray plays, the Cardinals win. Uh, if Kyler Murray doesn't play, if Kyler Murray plays, Arizona wins, and DeAndre Hopkins is the MVP. If if Kyler Murray doesn't play, Los Angeles wins, and Cam Akers is the MVP. I was going to say, I think that, once again, if, if Murray plays, I think uh... – Christian Kirk is the MVP, and if both QBs sit, I think Cam Akers is the MVP, and the Rams do win this one. Gosh, I hope not, because I really don't want to see the Rams in the playoffs. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, staying with a, a Los Angeles team, the Los Angeles Chargers travel to Kansas City uh, to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, Patrick Mahomes is, is not playing. It's going to be Chad Henney under center. Um, Kansas City's clinched the one seed. They don't really have anything to play for. Um, neither do the Chargers on the other side of the ball. Um, but I think with with Mahomes sitting, um, Herbert and company should be able to get this done. I like the Chargers this week, uh, and I like Austin Eckler to be the MVP. I like the Chargers in the first three quarters, and then they have the, the normal meltdown that they've had. I think the Chiefs somehow pull this one out in a shootout of a game. Um, I think Keenan Allen is the MVP regardless of who wins this game. Okay, fair enough. I like Keenan Allen. That would have been my other guy. Um, next game is a divisional game in the NFC South. you got the New Orleans Saints traveling to Carolina to play the Panthers. Um, New Orleans does, uh, if New Orleans wins and Green Bay somehow loses, 
Um, Green Bay still gets the one seed because of, of strength of schedule, because they did, or uh, because of head-to-head matchups. Excuse me, Green Bay did beat New Orleans, um, but nonetheless, I still think New Orleans wins. Um, I am going to say that Kamara. Uh, hot take, my hot take for the week. Alvin Kamara will not have six touchdowns this week. Um, I, I don't think Alvin Kamara has many, multiple. I think he'll have one. Uh, I don't think he has multiple. I think Jared Cook's the guy for my MVP this week. I'm going to go out, and I'm going because I need this to happen. Uh, I need Carolina to go ahead and beat the Saints this week uh, to help with my Seahawks, hopefully bumping their way up to the one seed. Long shot, but I'm going to hope for it. Um, and I think um, Robbie Anderson would be the MVP in my mind. If, if Carolina wins. That's if fair. Carolina wins. Um, so another game that you would need to go a certain way is the, the Green Bay Packers traveling to, uh, to Soldier Field in Chicago playing the Bears. Bears win, they're in. Um, Bears can still make it if Arizona wins and beats the Rams, I believe. No, vice versa. The, the Cardinals have to lose. And the Bears get in. Very tricky, t- complicating time of the year. There's so many situations that need to happen. Yeah. I know Seattle's in, so I'm excited. Well, I know Atlanta's not, so I don't care. Um, <laughs> Green Bay, you've heard the two different takes. Walker thinks Green Bay may sit if they have a huge lead. I think Green Bay wants to get a huge lead and put their foot down on Chicago's throat, keep a division rival out of the playoffs. Um, it's it be, it's kind of hard to argue that Chicago – could be one of the hotter teams in the NFC right now. Um, since Mitch Trubisky took back over being the quarterback there, uh, the team's kind of taken off and looked really good on both sides of the ball. Um, still have to give the nod to Green Bay here because I do think they're going to play all their starters. Um, hard not to say Devontae Adams is going to be the MVP, um, but I think it's going to be Robert Tanyan. I'm going to say the Bears win this one. I think that defense uh, – uh, Green Bay's been red hot. They have looked so good. It's hard to vote against them, but I think Chicago in Chicago has a sneaky chance of pulling this one off. And if they do, they're going to need Allen Robinson and David Montgomery to both be MVPs of that game. Well, if, if Chicago wins, Mitch Trubisky has to be the MVP. Absolutely. Mitch Trubisky has to throw some touchdowns and not turn the ball over. Or which, possibly, yeah. Which he's been doing quite well here as of late. Um, definitely interesting to see. Uh, if he pulls out the win, I think he gets re-signed to be the quarterback in Chicago. If he loses and the Bears miss the playoffs, I think Mitch Trubisky's gone. Um, so there's definitely a lot on the game. Uh, another game uh, moving along that doesn't have a lot of um, playoff implications. It's got some seating, possible seating implications. Uh, your Seattle Seahawks versus the San Francisco 49ers. Divisional game should be uh, should be uh, fun to watch. San Fran's going to play to try to try to beat Seattle, even though they've got no reason to. Uh, I obviously think you guys get it. The Seattle Seahawks get it done. Um, it's got to be DK. Yeah. It's got to be DK if they get it done. I Yeah, DK's been quiet lately. So so is Tyler Lockett. Yeah. So some people thought he might be the receiver of the week last week. That would be me. That would be me. Um, yeah, I think it's DK. I think Seattle squeaks by in this one. Um, I think San Francisco puts up a heck of a fight. They got uh, – we finally get to see – if Adams can stop Kittle, what he was brought to Seattle for, we finally get to see that. Yeah, absolutely. It was, that'll be a good matchup to watch. If nothing else, that game will be worth tuning into just for that individual matchup. And um, I'm, I'm hoping Adams gets one more sack to break that 10 spot. He's already broke the NFL record for most sacks by a DB at 9.5 right now. I'd love to see him break that 10 mark. Sure. I, I, I think if, if Adams shuts down Kittle, Seattle wins in a blowout. 
if Kittle does not get shut down, it's going to be a lot closer game than it probably should be. Yeah. Um, the last 3 o'clock game is the Las Vegas Raiders uh, versus the Denver Broncos. Um, <laughs> good chance that you're going to see a couple coaches trying to see what they have moving forward. Um, no no playoff implications either way. Um, I, I, I think Las Vegas wins um, on the way of Josh Jacobs. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Henry Ruggs have a breakaway touchdown this week either. Um, I think I think Vegas wins uh, again. Josh Jacobs is my MVP. Yeah, I think I think Vegas wins and Jacobs has a good game. I think we may have bypassed one game, or maybe I was sleeping on it. Did we talk about the Dallas New York Giants game? We didn't. I did skip that. That's a twelve o'clock game. I should yes, did. yes. That is a game that does have quite a bit of in, uh, football playoff impact here. Um, the winner has a shot at the NFC East, or at least however you want to call it. Um, I think Dallas gets it done in New York, and I think Elliott has to be the MVP and get back to form if he's going to take that team to the playoffs. <clears throat> Let me uh, just catch my catch my thoughts here. After I just heard you say Zeke Elliott is going to be an MVP. I'm off the Elliott train, uh, at least for this year. We'll see if, if, uh, if I can find myself a seat on that train next year with Dak back. But right now I, I've kind of lost all faith in Zeke. Uh, it definitely seems that the strength of that team right now is through the receiving core. Um, you had all three of them have a have a really solid game this last week. Um, I think the Giants' defense gets it done in this one. Uh, I, I could I think I see the Giants winning uh, to no avail though because we'll get into that now. The uh, the Sunday night game of the week as your Washington football team traveling to Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia has no chance of making the playoffs. Correct. But Washington controls their own destiny, the only team in that division that does. Um, Washington, in my mind, is the only team from that division that if they win, if they make it to the playoffs, they could possibly win a game. Correct. Um, That defense is just gnarly. Um, It'll be interesting to see. This will be Jalen Hurts' toughest test, uh, in my mind. Granted, granted that he did beat the New Orleans Saints his first week, which is another good defense. But I, I truly believe... Um, Washington football team uh, with Coach Ron Rivera, the amazing stories there. You know, Rivera beating cancer this year. Alex Smith, comeback player of the year. Um, I I just think Washington defense is going to be too much. Antonio Gibson should be fully healthy this week. Um, Washington gets it done. Uh, and, I, and I'm going to go out just because I love the story. I'm going to say Alex Smith's the MVP. Is Alex Smith playing this week? He, he should be back, yes. Okay. He was close to being back last week. Um, I would say that the, the Washington football team uh, it had to be fairly certain that he would be back this week. Otherwise, they wouldn't have, have cut um, Dwayne Haskins uh, in a peculiar move there. Well, he shouldn't have been at the strip club with no mask. Just and, put the mask on, man. And then shouldn't have came out and played terrible. Yeah, that too. Last week, he could have earned his, his spot on that team for the foreseeable future. But nonetheless, I think Washington wins. Uh, and it'll be really interesting to see how this week shakes out. We'll have some fun predictions next week about the playoffs, who we think will win, and uh, the Super Bowl, and, and, and who will make it out of each each side. Absolutely. So it'll be interesting next week. But without further ado, let's get, in, get into uh, – uh, kind of a fun topic here. Uh, we, we're through 16 weeks of the season. Uh, we've obviously already talked about how a lot of um, key players are going to be sitting this week, resting, uh, a lot of key injuries, so that'll have impact impact on other players around as well. Um, but we've seen pretty much all we need to see from this year. So what we're going to do is we're going to go position by position, excluding kicker, 
Um, we will talk about team defense. But we're going to talk about going into next year with with that, where things are at right now. So not not including any possible offseason changes, anything of that like that. We're going to talk about who is the best player at each position in our mind right now, who would be our first player off the board from that position in a redraft league, and who would be our first player off the board from that position in a dynasty startup. Okay. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. Um, we'll take it a little bit, little bit by little bit. So, Walker, who is the best overall quarterback in the NFL right now, playing wise? I, I got to go with Patrick Mahomes. He's very consistent. He just, I, I think he has a bad tendency of playing down to the other team, but I think by far Patrick Mahomes is um, head and shoulders above the rest right now. I like the uh, the shampoo um, uh, insert there. That was catchy. Uh, I, I I I want to agree with you here. Um, but for the sake of the podcast, uh, I'm going to be a little bit um, argumentative, I guess, if you will. Uh, my 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 nod has to go to uh, Josh Allen having a great year this year. And if you take Patrick Mahomes out of the equation, um, Josh Allen's the MVP. Um, you know, he's he's got Stephon Diggs, who I thought was going to be completely irrelevant there because of how much Buffalo likes to run. They've kind of flipped the script this year and totally come out as a passing team. Um, you know, Josh Allen, uh, as as with Stephon Diggs, Stephon Diggs is the reception leader. Uh, he's the yards uh, from scrimmage leader at the wide end or a tight uh, wide out position. Excuse me. Uh, um, you know, I I, I just think uh, Josh Allen um, has has done the right thing. He's progressed the right way, uh, and he ju- he just looks really good. Josh Allen, from my point of view, what scares me with him is he had that history of inaccuracy. Yes, he's been by far uh, better this year with his accuracy. I just I, I worry that that may fall back off. Um, that's what that's what scares me. Um, Patrick Mahomes, like I said, he's the number one. He's shown that he can do it in and out, game in, game out. Um, but yeah, Josh Allen scares me a little bit because if his inaccuracy comes back. That's that's huge on him. Absolutely, I agree. Um, okay, so who who in a redraft, who would be your first quarterback off the board? In a redraft right now, if we were doing a redraft league for next year right now, um, uh, even though his inaccuracy scares me, I'd have to go with Josh Allen. I just think his legs get him over the top of Patrick Mahomes a little bit. Um, they're only separated by like 10 fantasy points this year, and I think Josh Allen will be, if his accuracy stays the same, I think he would be the number one off the board. Okay, yeah, I mean it's that's that's totally fair. And since you stole mine, I'm going to go ahead and steal yours. Um, Patrick Mahomes is one of the only players that you can draft and almost guarantee yourself 25 plus points week in and week out. You can't do that with running backs. You can't do it with receivers. You can do it with quarterbacks. There's several of them you can do it with. But even on his down weeks, Patrick Mahomes seems to find a way to get himself over the 25 point mark. He's he's usually a top five, top ten quarterback. Um, you know, obviously, um, and in a redraft, um, I, you saw in a lot of drafts this year, you saw him go in the top five picks. Uh, I don't think that changes next year. Uh, I, I think uh, Patrick Mahomes still will be the number one quarterback taken off the board. Um, that offensive, there's too many good offensive players around him. Um, there's too many, um, uh, the play system, the play calling is all built around his strengths. Uh, and realistically, his only weakness at this point, at least to the naked eye, is the fact that he does seem to play down to competition sometimes, um, but does still find a way to get it done. Yep. So, yeah, okay. I, we're, we're, we're still pretty much 
in agreement on everything right now. Let's see if we agree here. In a dynasty startup, where do you go? Dynasty startup, I'm going with two names here. Um, my first off the board would be Kyler Murray, his age, his running ability, and and the fact that that offense seems to be getting better and better. They added Hopkins this year. This is his first year. He gets a full, hopefully, hopefully a full training camp with him, a full season, gets more gets more camaraderie. He probably will get another running back, and if, if I had to guess, I think they'd probably draft one. I know Drake's a free agent. I think Edmonds has one more year on his deal. Um, in a dynasty startup, I would probably go Kyler Murray or Justin Herbert, both because of age, I think, puts them over the top. And Herbert has just been, I will 100% say, I thought Herbert was going to be one of the biggest busts of this draft, and he has proven me wrong already. But I would have to probably go Murray if I'm picking just one. Okay, I, I don't think you can go wrong with either one of those two. That's Those are definitely fair and valid points. Um, I, I'm going to stick to the two previous names that we've talked about here. Uh, for me, it's, it's either Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, again, for the same reasons that you cited the other two. The only exception that I would consider if I had to top, top, pick, top my, pick my top three, excuse me, Deshaun Watson would be the third quarterback in my mind. Um, Mahomes and um, um, Watson came out together. Josh Allen came out the year after. So not a whole lot of age there either. Still in a dynasty. You know, you, you talk about the dynamics of a dynasty. You know, most people when they, they hear the word dynasty, they think like five-plus year league. Um, odds are you want it to be longer, um, but you always have people lose interest and things of that nature. But five years, uh, I can say without a doubt that I think Patrick Holmes, Josh Allen, and Deshaun Watson will still all be top-tier quarterbacks five years from now. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong with any of them. My argument for Patrick Holmes, again, is the weapons around him. Um, it's hard to see him not being successful. I mean, not only do you have the Tyreek Hill and the Travis Kelsey and the Clyde Edwards Elaire, um, but you have the young guys. You got Demarcus Robinson. You got McCole Hardman. Um, there's plenty of other guys waiting in the wings to step up and be, you know, fantasy relevant there. Uh, so Mahomes would be my number one. My number two, obviously, would be Josh Allen. Same reason you said Kyler Murray gets it done on the ground. Um, you know, um, and then Deshaun Watson always finds a way to win. He's always finds a way to be fantasy relevant. Those would be my top three. The one thing that scares me about Mahomes is all the money they have forked into Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and the defense. Um, what's keeping that line afloat? I mean, you're looking at what are they a just above average line? I'd have to look at the statistics. But that line, I think, may end up taking a big hit, and that could affect Patrick Mahomes a lot more than, than a lot of people could look at. I mean, yeah, he's there for the long haul, but you got to protect him. you got to keep him safe. Yeah, I mean, that could be said with, with most teams, though, because anytime you have a quarterback that gets a large sum of money thrown at him, you know, Mahomes obviously had the biggest deal in NFL history. Josh Allen's going to get a huge contract. Deshaun Watson got one this year, um, you know, the more money you throw at your quarterback, the less you have to spend anywhere. But elite quarterbacks always find a way to make things work. And and let's not act like a, a team like Kansas City, who really is young at all their core positions, their their key positions. They can spend draft capital the next several years on linemen if they so choose. Um, and and really, where they're going to be picking in the bottom half, you know, uh, twenty five plus every year, I would imagine that Patrick Mahomes is under contract there, um, without something crazy happening. Uh, I, I would venture to guess that. Um, They'll be drafting where there's a lot of decent linemen on the board. Um, so um, I, I don't necessarily see that being a huge issue. Uh, definitely not in the short term. Um, but, yeah, th those are my three guys. Um, 
and I again, I think any quarterback could have lineman issues, but the good ones always find a way to get it done. Uh, let's move right along into the running back position. Uh, I think this is going to be the first part where you start to see some divide between you and I here. Um, who's the best running back, period, right now? Derrick Henry. End of story. Derrick Henry. Alvin Kamara. End of story. Six touchdowns in one game. End of story. And Henry had, what, five last year in one game, too? So, well, that, six is the record, <laughs> sir. So, uh, Derrick Henry. Ties the record. Ties the record. Yes. But Derrick Henry's name is not there. Um, the reason I say Alvin Kamara is um, Alvin Kamara is more two-dimensional than Derrick Henry. Uh, really, Derrick Henry is a ground and pound. Um, he's going to beat up on your defense until they're tired and don't want to tackle him anymore. Alvin Kamara can get it done with it through the air as well. Um, you know, he, he catches passes. He makes guys miss. You get him in open field. He's one of the hardest guys in football to tackle. Um, very shifty, uh, elusive. Uh, I, I like the, the, the Derrick Henry too, though. Uh, Derrick Henry still – a lot younger than most people realize. Um, even myself, I feel like he's been in the league sometimes for a long while. Um, but he's real. This is his fourth season um, out of Alabama. Alabama always turns out, you know, um, good players. He's only 26 years old. Um, but I, I do worry about his usage uh, moving forward. But I definitely agree. Um, Alvin Kamara, in my mind, is is number one. Probably number one B. I wouldn't even put him at number two. Really, is Derrick Henry. Um, but it's it's Alvin Kamara for me, um, just because of what he's done in the three years that he's been in the league. Okay, okay. Uh, let's let's talk about it. You go ahead and hit this one first. Who are you taking as your number one back in a redraft league? Possibly, probably the number one overall because that's what you would normally. Yeah, find I mean, it, so that's this is this is a difficult task um, because obviously next year you'll have your Saquon Barkley and your Christian McCaffrey coming back off of injuries. Um, you'll have your Kamara, your Henry, your Dalvin Cook. Uh, James Robinson, Aaron Jones, all those guys coming off of great years. Um, but where we're at right now, Drew Brees is under center for New Orleans. I can't say that that will be the case 100% next year, but we're, we're talking about where we're at right now. Right now it's Alvin Kamara for me because Drew Brees does lean on him so heavily. He is, he's a PPR monster. Um, he can get it done on the ground as well. Uh I'll, if I if I have the number one overall pick, you're seeing a lot of Alvin Kamara doing what what has made Christian McCaffrey um, so heavily the number one overall um, player. Uh, it'd be hard for me to take a guy like Derrick Henry number one overall because he doesn't have the two dimensions um, that a lot of the other guys do that, that hang similar points uh, to Derrick Henry. Now, granted, Derrick Henry hits 200 yards rushing and three touchdowns. PPR back or not, there's not going to be a lot of guys outscoring him. <laughs> but Alvin Kamara is going to have – five targets more often than Derrick Henry is going to hit 200 yards rushing. Um, so for that reason alone, I'm going to say Alvin Kamara. I think I still have to keep CMC as the number one. I mean, I know we're saying right now, but if we're going in, he should be fully healthy next year. CMC is just is is, is just a monster out there. I think he's still the number one back in, in uh, redraft leagues. I think he gets back to form. Carolina showed that they can maintain themselves and keep themselves in games and win some games without him. I still think that, you know, that gives them that other dynamic, the other playmaker on their team. I think McCaffrey's still the number one back to, in redraft. Well, my only red flag to that is I didn't get to see enough of how Christian McCaffrey and Teddy Bridgewater work together. Um, obviously, CMC and Cam Newton were wonderful for, for CMC. Um, 
I have to imagine that Teddy Bridgewater is similar in a lot of abilities to what Cam Newton was. Um, not what Cam Newton is, but what Cam Newton was. Um, not to say that, that Teddy Bridgewater is anything where MVP uh, Newton was. But I, I think there may be a little bit of a regression um, in, in the way the play style is. Um, especially, uh, you know, Teddy had three three relevant wide receivers this year in Samuel, uh, DJ Moore, and uh, uh, Robbie Anderson. Um, so there, there may be more apt to air the ball out. Um, but nonetheless, um, CMC definitely still has to be in consideration. I just think a lot of people will be, and myself included, will be nervous about how he comes off of that injury, how he looks in that in that system. Um, so for me, it's 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 CMC's top three still for me. I don't know if I put him at number two fully, uh, but he's definitely top three. Okay. Wouldn't be mad to have him if if I was in a redraft league and he fell to me at the three. It's probably a great value at the three. Absolutely. All right, Walker, dynasty startup. Who is your running back? 21-year-old running back. Has a lot of tread on his tires. Has started off a little weak, a little, little slow. Jonathan Taylor, I think, would be one of my first backs off the board. That line is under contract. A lot of them are still under contract. In a run-first offense, I feel, I think Jonathan Taylor is one of my favorite backs to pull off the board, number one, in a, re- in a dynasty. Um. So I want to stick with Kamara here because he does still have the youth. Uh, He did just sign the contract extension. Uh, But uh, in a dynasty startup, you can't count on Drew Brees being there for, like I said, the five-year window is what you're looking for in a dynasty. You're obviously not going to have Drew Brees for the life of that. So the the offensive dynamics may change there. Um, I'm also going to go with a young running back here. Um, But my young running back is a guy who did better than Jonathan Taylor this year, James Robinson, who is – who in all likelihood should have Trevor Lawrence under center. James Robinson has the chance to play an amazing offense moving forward. If Trevor Lawrence game translates to the NFL, that'll open so many run lanes for James Robinson. James Robinson should be able to get himself more involved in the pass game. I I love James Robinson next year in a dynasty startup. James Robinson's probably a top five running back off the board for me in a redraft. Oh man, James Robinson though. I love James Robinson, don't get me wrong. I picked him up in two or three of my leagues. <clears throat> I, what scares me about James Robinson is the undrafted rookie part. I know a lot of people say, don't look at the draft stock. Don't look at the draft stock. But you can look at the history of undrafted running back. Arian Foster had, what, one or two good years and then kind of fell off. Um, there was, uh, give me another name here. that did Philip it. Lindsay. Lindsay, who had that first good year one, year two, and now – I mean, they, they went out and they bought another back uh, in Melvin Gordon to share it. James Robinson staying the starter there in Jacksonville right now scares me. Now, if we leave this draft, the NFL draft, and they don't take another running back and they don't sign one, I absolutely 110% agree with you. James Robinson would be my number one back because right now he would be my number two in a dynasty startup. Scares me the fact of the undrafted can they continue to trust him? So the one thing I'll say about um, James Robinson versus Philip Lindsay and uh, Arian Foster is uh, neither one of those two had Trevor Lawrence uh, under center. Uh, and again, if Trevor Lawrence's game translates to the NFL the way everybody, all the experts are saying they do, which granted doesn't always mean anything, if his game translates, that Jacksonville offense is going to go from near the bottom to near the top in a quick, fast turnaround. Start at the bottom now that here. And – 
Denver had has Drew Locke. I love Drew Locke, so I, I'm not going to knock on him. I know a lot of people do. Um, it's pretty easy to stack the box against Drew Locke. Um, I imagine it was probably still Matt Schaub when Arian Foster was there. Um, you know, my backup quarterback for my Falcons now, he was a great quarterback there, best quarterback in franchise history. Still, Deshaun Watson hasn't passed him yet. He's damn close if he hasn't. Hasn't done it yet. I still think James Robinson with Trevor Lawrence will have a good enough offense that his role will stay. And I think if I was to do a dynasty redraft or dynasty startup draft right now, it would be James Robinson for me because my my expectation is that they draft Trevor Lawrence, and to me that makes a big difference. Nonetheless, we we agree agree to disagree a little bit on those. All still similar. All bets are off moving into the wide receiver core. Best receiver in the NFL right now. Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. No argument on my part. No, no, no. no. Uh, I imagine Devontae Adams is both our, our first receiver off the board in a redraft. Oh, not so fast. Because okay. when's the last time we had a receiver repeat as the number one wide receiver? Doesn't happen often. Doesn't happen often. But now, yeah. my number one wide receiver next year, the first one that I'm going to take off the board is going to be Mr. Calvin Ridley. I'm surprised that you didn't try to pull this one being a Falcons fan. I think Calvin Ridley comes out. Calvin Ridley has a breakout year that he had this year. I think Calvin Ridley comes out and has even a bigger role next year in that uh, Atlanta offense. I like Calvin Ridley to be the number one wide receiver at the end of the season next year. Boy, I sure hope so, but it's Devontae Adams. And uh, uh, Walker, um, you, you must have slipped your head, slipped and hit your head on the way in. Uh, I love Calvin Ridley as a Falcons fan. Uh, definitely not a Packer fan by any stretch of the imagination. It's Devontae Adams. Um, yes, Michael Thomas had a career year last year, but I, we both said before the season started this year that Devontae Adams was the guy. As long as Aaron Rodgers is quarterback in there, it's Devontae Adams. Um, Let's they add another piece. The only way that changes is if Green Bay finally caves and picks up another weapon for Aaron Rodgers, but that could also work in Devontae Adams' favor. If they pick up a top-tier receiver in the draft – Devontae Adams may be able to shed some of his double coverages and uh, may be able to get some more one-on-one opportunities. And if that happens, there's not a receiver in football. Uh, as much as I love Julio Jones, as much as I love DeAndre Hopkins, that are going to do the things that, that uh, Devontae Adams can do uh, in single coverage. So I, I definitely think Devontae Adams is the guy in a redraft, um, especially looking at what he's done this year, missing, what, three games? Uh, missing three games, and he's still the number one receiver in fantasy right now. Um, he's just he's just too impressive. Uh, the chemistry he has with Aaron Rodgers, who's still a top tier quarterback, is impressive. And uh, I, I, I just I just lean Devonte Adams here. My answer is going to change drastically in a dynasty, um, which I'll go ahead and kick us off in a dynasty redraft. This is where I think you were a little bit ahead of yourself. It's Calvin Ridley for me in a dynasty redraft. His age is there. Uh, he's he's just done uh, uh, tremendous things this year. Uh, I, I'm sure uh, there's plenty of other rookies that people could go with. Um, you know, DK Metcalf would be another uh, honorable con- consideration there for me. Um, but I, I think I'm going Calvin Ridley. When you have a guy like Tyron Matthew come out before a game and say Calvin Ridley is the best true route runner he's seen all year uh, with all the, the studs that, that are in the league. 
Uh, it just carries too much weight. The studs he matches up against The studs he matches up against in practice, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I just think um, in a dynasty, uh, the first receiver off the board that I would take, which I did take in our dynasty, uh, would be Calvin Ridley uh, for me uh, for, for, for numerous reasons. But the number one is, is the, the way he always finds a way to get himself open. Well, we've all seen how my receivers go in dynasty draft. Uh, Kenny Galladay not playing it, uh, barely at all this year. Uh, in our dynasty, Tyler Lockett getting all of his fantasy points off two games. Off two games, uh, traded for him. Mistake. Uh, got Jameson Crowder. Uh, man, we'll see. Uh, my number one dynasty wide receiver is Mr. Justin Jefferson. Finished number eight PPR wide receiver. Came in to Minnesota. Who? What? What did the Minnesota like to do? Hand the ball to Dalvin Cook. Hand the ball to Dalvin Cook. Throw the ball to Dalvin Cook. Justin Jefferson still finished as the number eight wide receiver. I think Justin Jefferson is by far, in my mind, the number one dynasty wide receiver to own. I think he stays top five, top ten for multiple, multiple, multiple years to come. So I, I, I want to add another, like a little curveball into this conversation. I didn't with the running backs and the quarterbacks for a specific reason um, because it's hard to trust a rookie, especially early. Um, is there any receivers coming out that you would put ahead of Justin Jefferson that are rookies right now? Regardless, not saying that you can predict and say, "Well, I want this one to go here." Is there any? Because there is a deep class of wide receivers coming out here. Is there any that you would say, "I'd rather build my team around that guy than Justin Jefferson or Calvin Ridley"? As of right now, regardless of where they go, no, I do not. Justin Jefferson has proven that he can get it done in the offense that I know he's in. So, no, right now there is no other receiver that I would want over Justin Jefferson. I'm, I'm, I'm going to argue with you a little bit. Obviously, I'm not changing. Calvin Ridley still my guy in a dynasty startup. Um, but I will argue with you that if I was to take a younger wide receiver than, than Ridley, I would want CeeDee Lamb in a dynasty startup. And my reason for that would be he gets Dak Prescott back next year. And look how good CeeDee Lamb has looked with Ben DiNucci, uh, uh, Andy Dalton, um, you know, and, and he's got Michael Gallup, I believe, is on his contract the year this year, so may not be there next year. So that'll free up some more targets. I think CeeDee Lamb could be a 10-touchdown, 1,200-yard guy next year. Yeah, he very possibly could be. And, I mean, this conversation again next year could be a whole different story. But if we're redrafting a dynasty right now, I'm, I'm Justin Jefferson. I, I still think, obviously, Calvin Ridley is still my guy. I'm taking CeeDee Lamb in front of Justin Jefferson because I know Andy Dalton's not going to be the quarterback there next year. It will either be Dak Prescott or some, Jerry Jones will find a way to get a high-valuable uh, quarterback out there next year, whether it's through the draft, whether it's free agency, whether it's a trade. If it's not going to be Dak Prescott, it will be somebody better than Andy Dalton. And for those reasons, I like CeeDee Lamb a little bit more because he should have somebody better than Kirk Cousins throwing him the ball. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, this one is going to be a little bit easier. Um, there probably won't be uh, any disagreements here. Um, best tight end right now? Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, it's not up for debate. Uh, he's got the best quarterback throwing it to him. Uh, it's There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, redraft. Travis Kelsey. George Kittle. I'm, okay. taking, I'm taking Kittle. Um, I don't care who's under center in, in San Fran. I like Kittle. Um, there's less weapons there in, in San Fran in my mind. To me, those two are 1A, 1B. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, there's there's no argument. Darren Waller, the argument could be made for Waller. He's looked really good this year. Obviously, uh, Derek Carr's favorite target uh, by far and away. Um, you know, there's some other young guys coming up um, that, that are going to be inching their way into that conversation uh, moving forward. Um, 
so yeah, I don't think you're wrong. With, go, can go wrong with either of those top three. Now this will be where it'll get interesting. Who? I want you to kick it off. Okay, well it's it's easy for me uh, because again, you knew who the number one tight end I wanted in a redraft was this year. Well, outside of Travis Kelsey or uh, excuse me, George Kittle, who fell to me in the right spot, so I had to take him. I still ended up getting the guy that I said I wanted all off season uh, in the way of a trade uh, before Week One kicked off. Uh, Mike Jacecki is the guy um, that I, that I like from the younger guys moving up. Um, you know, I, I I like where Miami's heading. I think Miami's only going to get better uh, in the draft. They own so many draft picks. Uh, I, I just like where Miami's heading. I like Mike Jacecki. He's getting more involved as the season goes. Uh, definitely had has developed um, a pretty good chemistry with Tua, who should be the full time four quarter guy there next year. I imagine uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick will go someplace else. Um, but I, I like Mike Jacecki in a redraft. The the uh, youth there is is helpful. Dynasty. And, and excuse me, in a dynasty, yeah. And, and, a re, and it not, I don't consider him in a redraft, obviously. Um, but in a dynasty, I like him. Um, the other argument out of me would be Irv Smith Jr. there in Minnesota. Uh, Kyle Rudolph should be gone next year. Um, but th- those, those Jacecki's my guy, um, and, and Irv Smith would be the person I'd take if if I missed out on Jacecki. Uh Kyle Pitts is my guy. Kyle Pitts. <laughs> uh, no, I'm uh, with the guys in the league right now, and in a dynasty redraft. Um, I'd have to go TJ Hawkinson. I think that only, um, I know that there's only one wide receiver under contract left, which is Quintus Cephas, which was a thir- day three draft pick for uh, Detroit. And Hawkinson has already shown that, I mean, he's a top three tight end this year. I'd put him at top five because of the fact of Kittle missing some time and, and Andrews and, and them having that rough start. Um, so, and Hunter Henry had a rough start too. T.J. Hawkinson's a top five tight end already in year two. Um, Here's why I shade T.J. Hawkinson. Okay. Matthew Stafford was beat down all year this year, playing through tons of injuries. Um, He's going to be going into a situation a lot like Matt Ryan is in Atlanta. It's going to be up to the new general manager and new head coach whether they want to keep him or try to move off of him and get younger at that position. You know, a lot of times a new general manager comes in, what's the first thing he wants to do is get his own guy under center, build his own legacy through the quarterback. Um, some that works out for, some it doesn't, obviously. Um, but TJ Hawkinson, if, if I knew that I could guarantee for five years that Matthew Stafford was going to stay the guy, he'd be ahead of Mike Jacecki and Irv Smith Jr. for me. Um, I, I, I put him below those guys because I expect Tua to be the guy there for five years. I think Kirk Cousins has enough in the tank to stay in Minnesota for that that long of a period too. But a dynasty, you're not obviously you're obviously not just looking at this year. You're looking at future as well. Um, next year, T.J. Hawkinson would be the fourth guy off the board in a redraft for me after Kelsey Kittle and Waller. Um, I'd take him in front of Mark Andrews. Uh, a dynasty, just his his age is is amazing, um, but he he does scare me because. Uh, you never know who's going to be the quarterback there. You'd like to hope it'd be Matthew Stafford um, because he's he's a trooper. He's a great quarterback, uh, but that does worry me a little bit. The reason I stay at Hawkinson is uh, when you get a young quarterback in, what's one of his favorite targets is the tight end. Sure. They took this guy in the first round. They obviously want to build around him. I understand that was the old GM, the old management there. I just think uh, T.J. Hawkinson is 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 a a very high value pick in 
in, in dynasty leagues. Uh, he he's from Iowa, who pres- produces lots of great tight ends. Twenty three years George old. He's so yeah, George Kittle, twenty three years old. He's so young, and I just I just think that that Hawkinson, regardless of who's under center, will still perform and still be a top five tight end year in year out. Okay, all right. Um, last thing I want to cover real quick: um, best defense. At Washington, best defense right now, the way they're playing is the Washington football team. They've been a phenomenal. Uh, I'm going to say Miami Dolphins right now. Um, I, I like the, uh, the, front, the front seven in, in Washington more than I like the front seven in Miami. Uh, but I think the corners in Miami are a difference maker. Miami's still getting pressure on the ball, but they're getting turnovers in that secondary. Washington may get there, but right now I like Miami better. Who's your redraft? Redraft would be uh, Miami because I'm assuming with those multiple, multiple first and second round picks, they're going to add some more to that defensive front. My redraft first defense off the board is uh, San Fran. They're going to get all those pieces back next year that kept them from being the best defense like they were last year. Uh, I think San Fran gets a lot better when they just – Without taking anything into the draft into consideration, they get a lot of guys back, especially on that D-line that's extremely nasty. And a redraft, it's it's San Fran for me. Who's your dynasty? Dynasty, I'd ha- I have a 1A, 1B. Uh, so you go ahead and throw yours out there real quick. So dynasty for me, um, dynasty for me, Washington's the number one just because of the youth. Um, Ron Rivera coming in, he had great defenses in Carolina. Um, I, I, I think Washington will be a good team defensively for a while. Uh, and I put San Fran just below them because they are a little bit older than Washington. Uh, I got Washington as 1A and I got Miami as 1B. The corners are still young. Like I said, I believe that they're going to add a lot more to their front seven. So Washington, then Miami would be my 1A, 1B. If if, if Miami adds a lot in the way of, of defensive line help through the draft, they probably leapfrog into my 1. Um, but where we're at right now, they'd be my three in a dynasty. I just think Miami is such a beautiful town and everything else that they have a lot more to offer to players in free agency also. Yeah, I agree. Especially them old-timers. They might be on their downcline, decline, but they still would like to end their career in Miami. Absolutely, I agree. Um, so, in closing, congratulations to everybody who's already won a title. Um, if you're still playing uh, this week. Talk to your commission. Talk to your commission. Best luck to you. Hopefully you get it done. Um be with us next week when we break down the playoffs. We'll pick our Super Bowl winners. Um, we'll have some more fun stuff in the offseason as well, so stay tuned. Uh, as always, drop us anything on the Facebook page that you may want to hear us talk about, any questions or, or anything you may have. Um, post us your championship lineups if you haven't already. Yeah. And uh, Next week we're going to break down our lineups. I won in a suplex. You finished second in a dynasty by – not very much. Yeah, uh, stupid stupid decision on my part. I got cute with my lineup after I had a massive outpouring from Alvin Kamara, uh, which bit me in the butt. Learn from it. Move on. As always, stay hungry. And stay fat, my friends. <laughs>